0: Welcome back, Poison Pals, to another episode with your host, myself, Megan Kissner. And,
1: <laughs> and your other host, radio. You're like deciding, do I say my last name? Have people forgotten me in this I hiatus? <laughs> a whole year has passed at this point. Literally so. a whole year has passed. That's how long it's been taking us to get back to this. No, well, we had a good little break. I enjoyed it. I
0: enjoyed every second of my time off. Same. I did, too. Well, yeah, like, Happy New Year's, yeah. Poison Pals. Do, 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 do. Um, we are in January of 2022. Um I hope everyone had an okay break or some <laughs> reprieve from the just hustle okay. And Just okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'm trying to be respectful. I know some sure, people, sure, you sure, know, sure, holidays sure. can be tough during this That's like, time. That's true. But, uh, yeah. you know, I just hope the best for everybody, so. It yeah. was a...
1: I think arguably this um I think this winter break or holiday season was more difficult than last season. Yeah. I don't know why. I I just think it was I think there was more pandemic stuff going on and people were more sick. I knew a lot of people personally who were just sick with the cold or the flu or something else not yeah. covid it was just something was going around. So it was a lot of people just like quarantining and like trying to do small things with their family and friends if possible, but it was more low key.
0: Totally. Totally. I think what, I think what you might, this is how I feel about why it felt um, this particular holiday season was like more difficult Mm -hmm. is I think when we went through it in 2020, transitioning into 2021, It was still like a novel thing. And so we're all very like almost like respectful about it. Like, okay, like it's an expectation. We should be home. Like stay in. Blah blah. I think that we were getting to a place socially where we were feeling comfortable on many fronts. And Mm. I think that I can feel the frustrations a little stronger because it's like doing it again when we thought like we'd be far past this. But it is what it is. So, I mean, ultimately, I personally had a nice holiday.
1: No, I totally agree with you, Megan. I feel like people are just exhausted and tired of all of this. Like, it's just like, uh, when is this going to end? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, but all that aside, definitely had a really good Christmas and New Year's. I spent Christmas and New Year's with up with my brother and Mm sister-in-law, not with my parents. It was just like almost like the siblings hanging out together, which was super fun. Um, yeah. It was just a good time. And I conked out at 9pm on New Year's. I did not make it. And I, dude, I I honestly, if I could have, I would have knocked out at 6pm. In fact, I laid down, I had to lie down at (laughs) 6pm minutes. Just, it was the funniest thing. Like I purchased an escape room, like a virtual escape room for my family and my parents really really fun literally halfway through i just got up walked downstairs and laid down for 30 minutes (laughs) because like the lady that was she was wearing a camera in the escape room and it was making me dizzy and i was like yo i'm getting too old for this i was like i can just sit in a dark room for 30 minutes and then i came back i'm like we good and i just missed the rest of the escape room it was done
0: (laughs) you just (laughs) They're
1: like now that she's gone, we can just fly through this thing. I know. I, I'm like listening to the cheers and chants upstairs. But That's it's funny, all
0: good. dude. So, so note to myself: uh, don't get you a VR headset or anything. I know, because that shit, like, if dude. if her camera was making you nauseous, I've tried VR once. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my my visual part of my brain could not keep up with the movement dude yeah like. it's like slightly delayed and you're like whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. where yeah, am
1: yeah. i <laughs> i got sick i got real sick i megan okay here's mm. the thing i have been getting more nauseous lately which is not uh. a trait i want to pick up because yeah, yeah, yeah. i've been getting more nauseous like in the car like mm. in car rides i get more car sick and i'm yeah. like what's that all about man like what's going on with my, my my ears are off like the, my ear crystals yeah, must yeah. be in, in
0: balance something you're <laughs> otoliths i love i love the term otoliths but that's what they, that's what they are they're like yeah you know the little rocks mm-hmm. that are hanging on those hair cells and they're just waving <laughs> in your plasma and the, the, the jesus <laughs> interstitial fluid or whatever it's called but um that's how yeah, you know, that's, that's interesting my life is i'm just oh,
1: crystal <laughs> plasma floating on an ear hair <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know I don't uh, I don't know if like getting more nauseous because you know how some people have allergies yeah. when they're really young but then they grow mm-hmm. out of them yeah I don't know if that's grow into it with like I know you like <laughs> you become more nauseous <laughs> as you age I don't know maybe it's a I'm thing. just sick Nothing's of everything <laughs> I know. oh god uh, well, but you know anyways. I'm dealing with it but all, all in yeah, all it was super sure, fun sure. did you have a good Year's? good good I did I did um i definitely stayed up past midnight but i wow. had a very intimate girl i stayed up until three and wow. didn't even realize it was three. that's, an, that's yeah. a great night though yeah yeah it was super intimate we were just at um phil's friend's house and mm-hmm. it was like m- me him our hosts who are a couple and then one other couple so it was like three couples mm. and we're all just chilling and hanging out so fun. and um Like his friend who hosted is a artist slash musician, but like, you know, he's the type of guy that'll like get inspired while he's on shrooms and do art. (laughs) So his art was like really fun to just look at in general, but the conversation was very stimulating and we just ended up being awake till three. And I was like, oh my God, why are we still awake? Let's go home. (laughs) That's so So fun. Yeah. That means the time passed without you knowing. I love that. Well, let's talk about um, someone who's probably not having the best year. I that think is that's true. Your topic
1: today. That is true. Um, she is she's not a, having a great yeah. year, uh, and the year has barely started. <laughs> so she has I a know.
0: lot less to look forward to. <laughs> right, right. Maybe hasn't had the best. Uh, what five, six? Probably. Uh, it's been more than that. Yeah. But, Several years have passed that I imagine were difficult for this person, but Mm. is it Mm. okay that it was difficult for them? So anyway, uh, that's my (laughs) little teaser. Harini, let's take it away. What is your topic about Mm. today? All right,
1: let's jump into it. It's the first episode of 2020 Dose, and it's going to be a two-parter. You know, I'm infamous for doing the two-parters, but I also wanted to give Megan... A break let, let her just chill for a little bit let me take the front seat of this 2022 magical car ride so what are we going to like, talk about today no. <laughs> i know she's like go yeah. for it <laughs> no so this is going to be very current events actually i wanted to talk about it it was on the docket for me to discuss mm. or do this episode in the new year And I didn't even know that any of the verdicts were going to come out at that time. It just happened to be very good timing that the verdicts came out. That's right, guys. I'm talking about the Elizabeth Holmes and her bad blood, her Theranos company. I think a lot of people probably heard about the story or watched bad blood, the documentary or the inventor on HBO Max when it originally came out, which I can't remember when that actually came out. It was like definitely like at least three or four years ago. So I'm hoping that this is a little bit of a refresher. But here's the here's the rub on this one. I think everyone has seen the documentaries, which are great, really good, highly recommend. If you haven't seen it, please go watch that. Uh, I think they're both on HBO. But the info that I'm bringing today is actually from a podcast.
0: Uh, By the way, the the Inventors, I just watched Mm. that. So Harini and I, prior to this recording we talked about oh it's on the docket for today but i just watched that it was made in 2019 um and that's really where all my knowledge comes from plus Mm -hmm. the npr articles i frantically looked up (laughs) (laughs) regarding the verdicts that came out yes um but anyway yeah i'm curious to learn more about this and i have some thoughts okay good But i'm ready to learn from you you first okay good and um I was
1: going to say, like, I'm trying to figure out when Bad Blood came out, but I I can't find it very quickly right now. But anyway, so the podcast that I primarily listen to to get the content for today's episode came from a podcast called American Scandal, which is on Wondery. So very good podcast if you want to listen to it. But if you don't want to listen to it, I'm going to tell you today so you don't have to do both. Here we go. And the purpose of me doing things from the podcast is because I think it offers you a little bit of a deeper insight into what happened that you may not be able to get from the documentary. Okay. Anyways, here we go. So for people who don't know who Elizabeth Holmes Holmes is, I'll definitely go into it. But basically, she started a medical startup in Silicon Valley, specifically Alto, called Theranos. It provided this vision or promised this vision of blood diagnostics where you would be able to do a pinprick test that only took one drop of your blood and it would be able to test that blood and analyze it for X, Y, and Z number of diseases and essentially give you a diagnosis and it would relay that diagnosis to your care team. And originally at the Mm -hmm. beginning of her concept of the startup itself, it was also Mm -hmm. supposed to deliver medicine. Was just mm-hmm. so much technology right. into like one little thing so it was like way 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 out there anyways mm-hmm. she basically became a self-made billionaire overnight and a tech giant because everyone mm-hmm. was just so dazzled by her and her vision mm-hmm. also guys if you have no idea who elizabeth holmes is or it has been a while please go like search her on youtube because you gotta listen to her voice
0: <laughs> it is it takes you back it takes you back well, like, um, for me, cause, uh, I had just watched the documentary right before the holidays out of just yeah. not even, not even realizing that she was about to have her, uh, she was going through the trials at the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it's just weird. Not maybe, maybe it was meant to be like, maybe HBO pushed that on the That's screen true. for me because they Could like, be. they like knew what was happening so through like, mm. you know, this time top time, time watch. That said, um, I had seen her face many a time before. Like, okay, she's yeah. always popped up. Like, I've I've known about her. I just didn't know the nitty-gritty details. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so I've seen her face before, and I've, I've always known. People always are commenting about her looks, which I honestly have a slight problem with. That's why I also have a problem with the documentary, because it's always mentioned. It's always mentioned how she looks. But what hmm. did, definitely took me aback was I had never heard her voice. Yeah. And uh, this is just a personal comment. I... <laughs> Have this weird thing where I love women with deep voices. deep voices. I because I probably fall into a category where I have a deeper mm. voice, but I was mm. like actually really surprised because yeah, you know, looking at her, I just yeah. assumed she had maybe like an average um to yeah. more higher pitched vocal, and then she spoke, and I was like, whoa, like which is exactly. dope. I mean, like, again, the, I have no criticisms there. It's just exactly. an observation and exactly. how, I, how I felt about her voice. So that's Anyways, 100% that's how it. I
1: felt too. Like, yeah. it's not even like it's new. Like the way when I say, it, I'm completely neutral about it. It's just like, it's not like I like it or don't like it. It's just like, whoa, you're not. It's not what you expect.
0: Exactly. what right, said. Like right. Her
1: face does not match her voice
0: whatsoever. It, it really doesn't. And I think that's just a uh, we're just so predisposed to have these, like, implicit biases. Right. But, yeah, like, I admittedly, maybe ashamedly was like, whoa, like, surprised. I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, definitely.
0: Anyways. Um, Anyways.
1: But nothing to comment on her appearance. I mean, we, we'll we probably get into that a little bit because they, as right. you said, they definitely do comment on a lot.
0: But a lot of it is, like, part of her own marketing in a way, you know? So. Right. I think it's an important part of the conversation in terms of how the media always talks about her, if anything yes Um, that's right but like i alluded i it gets tiring to see side. let's focus on the facts and not the appearances right (laughs) well you know what
1: that's hilarious (laughs) because that's exactly who elizabeth holmes was not she did not like focusing on the facts and was all about what things looked like and not what they were actually Mm. like So maybe Mm -mm. a little bit art mirrors life there. But anyways, (laughs) continuing onwards. So let's go back to who Elizabeth Holmes is as a person. So I'm not going to go back to like, oh, she was born on this day, but she, she's from Houston, Texas originally. And she gets into Stanford for her undergrad. And she studies studies biotechnology. That first winter, she comes home for Christmas, comes back to Houston spending time with family. Very similar to what we just did guys. And, Mm she has something important to tell her family. She's a little bit nervous, but she sits everyone around the dinner table and she's like, guys, I got to tell you something I'm dropping out. And her mm. dad's like, what do you mean? Like, are you dropping out of a club at school? Like, what do you mean? She's like, no dad, like I'm dropping out of Stanford. And you know, obviously her parents are shocked. They were like your Stanford is your dream. But Holmes is like quick to correct her dad. Is like, no dad, Stanford was your dream. My dream is to be a billionaire. <laughs> and her mm. parents are kind mm-hmm. of like, what like that's not really like a dream like you have to have some kind of purpose behind it yeah like how are you gonna become a billionaire like that's fine that's all good and fine but you need to have some sort of direction of how to get there right so a little background um i guess like from her dad's side uh her dad's dad and even her dad's 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 her great-grandfather they come from a ton of money there she comes Mm -hmm. from a long line of entrepreneurs so that's kind of where she leads the conversation she's she names Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Dell, Steve Jobs, and Bill Gates, she uses Mm -hmm. them as, you know, support for her actions, being like, they all dropped out of college, they didn't finish college, and they all started Mm -hmm. their own company before 30 years old, and I don't want to be left behind, like, I got to get going, type of thing. Mm -hmm. So her parents, they're not, like, super thrilled, of course, but they respect her decision. They're like, okay, if that's what you want to do, we trust you, go do whatever it is that you want to do. So cut to this guy named Roy. He's a PhD student Mm -hmm. at Stanford, and he's about to graduate. He's thinking about jobs, Mm -hmm. like what does he want to do with his life? But he doesn't want just any job. He wants something really cutting edge that will hopefully change the world, which makes sense Mm -hmm. being from Stanford or being around Stanford. You're kind of like at the hub and epicenter of all of that is cutting edge. Mm -hmm. So his advisor tells him to meet with this young student named Elizabeth Holmes. And he is like, Holmes, like that sounds so familiar. He's like, I know that name. She's a lab assistant in my lab. And mm. he doesn't remember Holmes making such an entrepreneurial impression on him. You know, she was quiet, but she was hardworking. At the same time, mm-hmm. like, who, who isn't like that at Stanford? You know what I mean? Right. So it's not right. like she really, like, stood out amongst the rest. So he's curious. But his, his advisor is like, you should absolutely sit down with her because I think you'd like to hear what she has to say. So he does. In retrospect, and this is what he's telling in the podcast, he's like, she was pretty impressive in her own right, even at that young age, because she was about 18 or 19 at this time, when she has this meeting with Roy. She managed to Mm. talk her way into a grad level chemical engineering class as a freshman, and even secured a Mm. very prestigious job in a lab position part time. So Mm. she definitely has some kind of chops to her. So when she sits down with Roy, Holmes gives him the pitch. And the pitch mm-hmm. is about this device called the TheraPatch. And she goes on to explain it. This TheraPatch, it painlessly draws up blood from the patient. And then a small microchip will analyze the blood in real time and inject any nece- necessary drugs into the patient and provides diagnostics to the medical team. Mm. So Roy is sitting there. He's listening to this. It really sounds like something out of a sci-fi novel. But he's intrigued. He's intrigued, but he's skeptical. So he asks her all these hard questions, like what types of diseases will the patch detect? How would it diagnose? And also, how can something Mm -hmm. so small deliver medicine? Holmes is able to answer all of his questions. Maybe the thought process behind the answers is not fully fleshed out yet, but she's able to answer all Mm -hmm. of them. And... What's more important is she's passionate. She's extremely passionate, and she really, really believes in this vision. And that is enough for Roy to jump on board. And also, at the same time, Roy knows that the blood diagnostics industry is overdue to be disrupted. This could really work. He can see this actually Mm -hmm. working. So, Mm -hmm. And if it does work, it could be astronomically huge for them. So he's in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So skip to 10 months later, and Theranos, which is actually a word combination of therapy and diagnosis, has fully launched. But Holmes quickly realizes she needs money if she wants to get the startup off the ground. So she begins meeting with investors. The first person she seeks out is this venture capitalist named Annette Campbell-White of Campbell-White Venture Capitalist Firm to pitch Theranos to. And if you look her up, Annette, look, you're a grandma who mm. lives over the hill and through the woods and bakes you cookies and shit like that. But mm. she is a giant in Silicon Valley, especially in the biomedical field. Like if mm. you want to get something off the ground in that area, you go to her.
0: Mm.
1: So a good person for Holmes to go to. Holmes does her pitch and it tends to start out the same way. She always tends to start out with like this anecdote about how she is terrified of needles and hates getting her blood drawn. And that's when she thinks there must be a better way, which Mm -hmm. real quick pause. I Mm. when I first watched this, because I watched this when this first came out, I guess, in 2019. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, yes, like I am Mm -hmm. one of those people who's absolutely terrified of getting my blood drawn, like genuinely terrified. And the reason is like and my mom has the same thing, too. I have really small veins, so Mm. the nurses can almost never find a vein to poke mm-hmm. me So I get poked t- A ton of times right. I remember one time I got poked Like eight to ten times And eventually They had to go In the veins of my hands mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. like You don't want to go there Right Right. So right.
0: Actually uh, When I Watch the documentary, and they they show her do that pitch over and over. I did think of yep. you. That was the first person I <laughs> thought of. I was like, I know one person who really freaking hates needles and getting their blood drawn. I am like, that's Harini, dude. So yeah, it's no bueno, it's no bueno. <laughs>
1: and she's right. Like, um for people who may not know, if you need to get like a lab done, for example, or if, if mm-hmm. you maybe have a disease or you are undiagnosed and they're trying to figure mm-hmm. out what's going on with you, likely mm-hmm. they'll do a blood test. But it's insane like i remember when i was really sick when i was young and i had to go to the hospital and they wanted to test my blood for a certain thing Mm -hmm. they literally poked me first obviously and they drew up 13 vials of blood 13 Mm -hmm. just to test one maybe two things Mm -hmm. and i just remember sitting there and be like that's a lot of freaking blood but, um, so it's just like, there is, I 100% agree with her concept of there has to be a better way to do blood diagnostics. Again, I'm not like super savvy on today's day and age of if that has improved at all, but mm-hmm. definitely there is room for improvement, I would say. Mm. So she goes on to say the same thing. It's like, why do you need six to seven test tubes worth of blood just to figure out a single diagnosis? Totally on board. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Annette listens intently and straight up asks her. So this device will analyze, detect, diagnose, and deliver medicine. Mm. Annette tells Holmes, you know, this is an admirable goal. Don't get me wrong. But how could a microchip deliver medicine and communicate to a care team? Mm. Holmes always has like an answer ready to go. She's like, this will all be wireless within the patch. Annette cuts her off. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But a wireless system requires its own set of components separate to diagnostic components. And a medication delivery requires its own entirely entirely different set of components as well. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of tech going into one patch. Right. So she's just calling her out on the reality of the situation, right? Right. And I'm sure she's seen tons, if not like hundreds of medical pitches at this point.
0: Right, right, right. Not calling her out, but more of just like, you need to understand like the... Breadth of what you're trying to achieve, like these are right. these are admirable goals, but loftier than you are making it. Like, like right. it's not. Maybe she's like, is it not connecting in her brain? But anyway, exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: And um, just as a reminder for everyone, Holmes drops out of Stanford as a mm-hmm. freshman, so she maybe has mm-hmm. a semester of biotechnology degree information. You know, mm-hmm. so she's using that. Amount of information, and I'm sure she did stuff in high school, but right. you know that's the extent of her knowledge on this.
0: My understanding is that she mostly was doing um, coding, or something. I'm not sure, or something like she was into computer programming when she was a high schooler, and then eventually did like a summer program with Stanford, and that's event you know how she ended up attending college. So, so right. my understanding is she doesn't, on some level, doesn't have the most in depth background. She doesn't. I she know. doesn't.
1: I, I think from her perspective, I didn't know that about the engineering. I kind of know mm-hmm. that she did have some, like, comp sci. Um, mm-hmm. I know she did some sort of engineering aspect to that, maybe more comp sci engineering. But I think she was trying to blend maybe her comp sci with the biomedical field, because right. I know right, that right, she right, right. majored in biotech, probably got trying it. to marry those two. But then got she didn't, it. like, even finish a semester, you know?
0: Got so, it. Got it. There's that. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So... Yeah, Annette voices her concerns about this, and Holmes can feel her face go hot. She -hmm. freezes. It just comes out of her mouth. She's like, I don't think you understand. This is groundbreaking tech. Mm. And then Annette just volleys back with, I understood. I listened to every word of your pitch. I reviewed every slide of your deck. Your idea is great in theory, but you still haven't explained how it will actually work. It's just a concept. Right, right. Right now Holmes is stuck right she's like like kind of freezing then she just goes out and says it she's like you know annette i thought you'd be the right person to invest in theranos i thought you had vision i was wrong good luck with everything and she just walks out the door
0: and that's ballsy that's That's her first pitch to investor yeah
1: Yeah. that's she she's ballsy man oh man okay (laughs) so Holmes is humiliated but she doesn't let that stop her she actually raises six million dollars over the next 18 months Her and Roy are able to get an office space. They hire an entire lab staff and a lab. When Roy comes into the new office, he notices his co-founder, Holmes, speaking to some more investors, and that's when he notices she's wearing a sleek black turtleneck and slacks to match, just like her idol, Steve Jobs. And here's where we can pause and talk about her appearance. I find it very smart, in a way, for her Mm -hmm. to dress like that. Because let's face it, it's difficult to have other people really listen to you and pay attention to you as a woman in this tech space, right? And really like respect you as an equal player at the table. So I think almost like mimicking a person who is very well respected in the tech community provides that persona or vision to other people.
0: But I don't know what, what else they were saying about appearance. I know they talked about, yeah. like, her eyes, like she, like she doesn't blink right, or something. Right, right. So, so that's the thing. I think that's why I kind of had beef is that when you watch documentaries about her, or sorry, mm. when you see any sort of media about her yep. or read anything about her, one of the first things they note is how she has a very steely gaze and, like, mm. even people that they interview that worked for her. That's like the yeah. first thing they always say. And part of me, I think I just got tired of that because I was like, it's repetition. It's repetitive. Maybe that is a characteristic of her that truly stands out. So it's always sure. going to be notable. And I mean, yes, for me watching the show and even looking at all the magazine covers she, she's on, she does have a very, like, she has a face that's interesting. Like you want yeah. to look at her and you feel like her, her appearance, uh, specifically her face Attached to knowing that there's a scandal behind her company mm. makes you put this idea that, oh, sh- there's something she's hiding. Like, it's not a surprise that she did this because her face alone has this mystery, <laughs> you know, like this coldness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I don't like is that it's because when people talk about her face, it's tied to this. And I yep, just I think I that's agree. like bad that's- reporting. And that's why mm-hmm. this particular documentary, The Inventor, I felt was not the best journalism because it did, it's, it's you know, it's going to skew it in a certain way to where sure. it's it's um, commenting on her character, parts of her character that are irrelevant to actually what happened. So that's just
1: a critique. Or even more exaggerated. In- like what you just exactly. said, it's just confirmation bias at the end right. of the
0: day. Right, right. And what's interesting is I agree with you completely. I think that her black turtleneck outfit, which I know in the documentary, she comments that like, she's always dressed that way. Like she's dressed that Mm. way for so long. Mm. I agree that it is smart. It's a smart way to dress um, because it doesn't really drive attention, but it's a power. It's like a, it's a powerful. It's a power suit. It's a power suit because you do kind of associate it with maybe like a Steve Jobs-esque look. But because her outfit had no quote unquote problems with it in terms of how the media gazes at things, they Mm. put so much focus on her actual born physical appearance, which I'm not down with. Sure. That said, (laughs) that said, it is interesting to look at photos of her now because she's obviously gotten older. She was 19 when this all started. Yeah, I need to look. She's 37 now. I didn't realize how much time had passed, but she's 37 And clearly she's grown, matured into her... She's honestly matured into her face a little bit. But you can see that when she was young, the way that she did her makeup, her hair, it's always kind of like straightened but fluffed, you know? Like everything about it was super intentional and now you look at her and it's super like... She looks... Her face looks calm. And that's an interesting thing too. And again, I hope this doesn't come off as hypocritical that I'm commenting on her face, but it's more of like... I just see it as everything she did,
1: mm-hmm. clothes,
0: even like the slight red of her lipstick, was all very intentional when she was that young. And I like, she looks different now. So it's an interesting yep. thing. Like, I almost feel like people aren't going to have something to talk about in terms of her complexion or her face because she doesn't have that steely gaze anymore, which I find mm-hmm. really interesting. No, so, she doesn't. You're totally yeah.
1: right. And, you know, the one thing I always noticed uh, about the documentary that always kind of stuck with me, forgot about how much it stuck with me until I watched it again. So I did kind of briefly like skip through it when I was preparing Mm -hmm. for this episode, there's Mm -hmm. a picture that they focus on where she's like on the cover of Forbes or times or something like that. And they zoom Mm -hmm. in on her eyes and they're very like bloodshot. They zoom in on like the veins. And to me, like the only thing that, and I, maybe that's because I am doing this episode and they comment on this a lot in the podcast that mm-hmm. she was so sleep deprived at that time. Right. Like she was right. only sleeping like two to three hours a night, if that, you know, and she was just eating like caffeine pills, you know? Right. So right, right. I'm just like that, that is a woman who is so tired and exhausted, mm-hmm. but super high energy at the same time. Right. You know, right, right. Like it's this yeah. weird dichotomy and she's just like so crazed and passionate. And right. I think that comes off in her face where she just, her face is just, she looks intense yeah that's yeah, the best yeah. way i can describe she looks intense whether yeah. or not she is that way i think she's just right. a product of her circumstances in that moment
0: i i agree i agree and i think that that just ultimately becomes a uh, fodder or like is that the right word fodder like it's something that we can yes that people who want to kind of make this whole thing salacious you know that's easy to mm. feed off of mm-hmm. just to be mm-hmm. like oh she's so intense her face is right. so intense but anyways but I mean, she I could be a also people- <laughs> a person yeah like i don't know <laughs> i'm just saying i think a lot of i think in general there's a lot of people who work in tech who are intense so, that's 100 true <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyways okay so he notices that uh so we're back to roy if we're forgetting he is the phd mm. student at stanford who decides to join their As a co founder. So, Roy goes over to the new lab that they have now gotten with the $6 million in investments. And he asks Mm -hmm. one of the lab techs how the new prototype is coming along. The lab Mm -hmm. tech looks a little bit disheartened and he says, it's proving really difficult. So, Roy Mm -hmm. asks the tough question of, is this even looking possible? And the tech kind of just like motions around the lab. It has Christmas decorations up. And he's like, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe we'll get a Christmas Mm -hmm. miracle. Mm -hmm. that is not something you want to hear in regards to like your tech that you're trying to build you don't want a christmas miracle that's near to impossible so of course roy is like oh dude like this is not good like we're doing something wrong you know Mm -hmm. so then cut to a man named edmund koo so edmund koo is the head of engineering for theranos he sits down Mm -hmm. with Holmes to discuss the prototype Koo tells Holmes that they're having a lot of issues with the prototype. If only they could use a bit more blood, then they would be able to provide more accurate readings. The Mm. prototype would work so much better if only they could use a little more
0: blood. Do you know what a bit more blood would mm. look like? Because we know that whenever she ad- she's advertised or marketed, it's that little yep. teeny tiny vial that's like the size of a right. small pea or whatever. <laughs> and is a bit more blood just like a normal size vial? Is it half a size vial? You know what I'm Great saying? Great question. Yeah, I, I know she. I feel like that. I feel like that wouldn't be hard to um, come to a compromise over. You know what I mean?
1: You would think. You would think. And I don't have an answer to your very good question Mm -hmm. of how much. In my eyes, the way I envision it is like maybe not a full vial, but maybe like a half vial or even maybe three-fourths quarter of a vial, you know, because Mm -hmm. the way that she has advertised it so incessantly is just one drop is all we need. One drop of blood. Of course, she would not hear it. Holmes is like, absolutely not. No more blood. I have promised the investors. I have promised the people it is one drop of blood. You're an engineer. This is your job to fix these technical issues. So fix it. Mm -hmm. And she snaps even more. She's like, I promised my investors that I would make a device that can fit in the palm of your hand and only needs one drop of blood. And you're not going to be the one who messes that up for me. Mm. Who is just shocked. He's like, whoa, Like, where is this all coming from? It's been like, it was like a 180 flip on him. And he tells her, he's like, look, like Elizabeth, I've been doing the best I can within the constrained parameters that you've given me because you keep, I mean, he didn't say this, but he's like, he's just thinking in his head, like I've been working within such constraints based on all the promises that you've been giving to these venture capitalists and our investors, Right, right?
0: Right. This is something that I thought when I was watching the documentary was So they mentioned this, they mentioned Mm. this, that she really did not budge. You know, she Mm. didn't want to budge. She wanted to maintain these promises that she made to the investors. And so that was because there was such a stalemate. That's what ultimately led to like so many problems on the engineering side. Mm. My thoughts are like, I would just like to know like, like the why, like I, I get, maybe there's a pride element of like, I, I want to deliver. I've made these grand promises And I'm not going to take anything less, you know, but my thought is more, I wonder if you're a person in her position where you are in some ways competing in terms of when you're a young woman Mm. just entering your 20s and you're at the helm of this company that's suddenly getting investors and you're bringing in money. I wonder if there's this feeling of my reputation is in competition with um, things like Spotify that are taking off at this time, things like Uber that's taking off at this time. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like, is she not budging? Because I'm going to use Apple as mm. a, or any sort of like Apple or um, Microsoft as examples. If you think back to like early 2000s or late 90s, no way we would have thought that like a iPod shuffle could ever exist <laughs> yeah. or a touch phone could ever exist. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But all those things have come into existence and we are still being delivered this amazing technology to this day. And there's enhancements and enhancements that even when the touch phone technology did come out, we didn't expect what was to come later. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. part of me is like, is she in a position where she's like, I know my engineers are saying this now, but it's not impossible. Like it's just a matter of, we got to keep trying and Mm -hmm. that technology will come. You know, if you think about like Tesla, Totally. These are the, you know, an electric car that has the efficiency that a Tesla has is mind blowing and they're still coming out with great tech. So I'm just like, is that where she was? Was it, was it a prideful thing or was it just like a, no, like I know we're capable of this. No, totally. We can do this. I don't know. No,
1: I, you're you're making, no, those are all super great points because I think we often forget she was. Maybe 1920 at this time Maybe 21 Uh, And she is a female Entering this field A lot of people Are going to Question her One um, mm-hmm. Just because of her sex But also of her age mm-hmm. now like She has multiple right. barriers to entry Of this entire field Of the biomedical field So she needs to right. really hold her ground And be steadfast And I 100% agree I think parva is like She's a visionary, right? Like she's like I'm right. seeing something Like that's why I'm at the helm Because I can see the vision And know why this is possible And you guys just need to trust me mm-hmm. I think there's definitely elements mm-hmm. of that In addition to her needing to like Really like make her mark in the space i think there's a third aspect to it's like i think all of that is good and well but maybe Mm -hmm. this also speaks to her age a little bit where she Mm. has like this icarus complex of like i'm Mm. heading towards a freaking moon or whatever and i'm not gonna head towards the sun like i know exactly where i'm going i have direction i have vision you guys are Mm. all idiots you know It could be also that where she just thinks she's invincible and she's so, she thinks she's such a visionary that no one else can be smarter than her. She is the one that understands it. No one else. Right. Right. So how could anyone else tell her how to adjust her vision?
0: Yeah. Part of me wonders, like hypothetically, if she had come to a compromise when her engineers first approached her of like, listen at this time, we can't fulfill what you're asking but we can start at least something yes and because that's how like like i'm again using like my apple analogy like the ipod shuffle that's mm-hmm. old tech at this point but yeah. you had to start somewhere exactly right? like the whole the freaking remember the wheel yeah. on the ipod sh- ipod <laughs> you shuffle were like, or like or manually the iPod rolling <laughs> that was that was huge tech back in the day and that is no longer in existence really or used and so i'm just like part of me is like i wonder if this would have all been different if she like compromised with her engineers and Mm -hmm. then at some point maybe they could have gotten to a place exactly much further down the line i I don't know
1: i 100 percent believe that megan and when actually so here's the thing like i don't think the documentary does a great job or doesn't explain to this detail of what went wrong. Mm. You know, like could Mm. have there been other ways to make this happen, which is what it's exactly what you're saying. So this listening to the podcast, like I didn't even know about these conversations, obviously, of like, hey, this could actually work, but we just need to use a little more blood. That's perfectly fine. Mm. Like in my eyes, I'm like, oh Mm -hmm. like so what to me is more important is the concept of having like this all in one patch or device technology was just so needed right like if we can even reduce the amount of blood needed to even one vial that's that in Mm -hmm. itself is huge right like forget about one drop of blood if it was just one vial that would be awesome so we gotta start somewhere as you said megan and then you can adapt the tech and so on and so forth but she was very like nope nope we're we're gonna go full out right out the gate that's that okay so uh so ku's like okay fine like She's not going to change her mind, whatever. So he says, he suggests, he's like, if I could only just speak to the guys over in chemistry together, we can probably figure out a way to make it work in the way that you want it to work. But Mm -hmm. Holmes immediately shuts that idea down, too. She's like, every employee at Theranos is only allowed to speak with their direct teams and no one else. No one can collaborate yeah. and that's just how that's how yeah. the culture is. Like she is so paranoid and worried that people even within mm. the own company are gonna speak to each other and I don't know, like leak secrets about the tech or the IP. God knows like what right. she's thinking. So Mosley, he's an investor of Theranos, he actually invested six million dollars of his own money into the company. Wow. So he definitely gets some chops to like come into the office whenever he wants and talk to mm-hmm. Elizabeth Holmes. So right. He does right. that. He comes to the office to speak with Holmes. When he greets her, mm. she's like off the walls with excitement, telling mm. him about a recent mm. meeting that she just had with the Swiss pharmaceutical giant, Novartis. Novartis had reached out about a potential deal with Theranos, which, you know, mm. really great. Mm. That's awesome. But his heart mm-hmm. sinks because he heard mm. that the meeting went really bad. Oh, oh. wow. Yeah. And the reason for that was because apparently Mm -hmm. their tech didn't work during the demonstration Mm. he brings this up to Holmes and Holmes is immediately dismissive just like and assures Mosley like oh no like that was just a small part of the meeting it went really well overall Mm -hmm. the Mm. thing is the co-founder so Roy our good boy Roy Mm -hmm. he tells a totally different story to Mosley Mm. Roy admits that their tech malfunctioned during the meeting, and they had to resort to showing the tech spitting out pre-recorded test results. Mm. So they basically played like a demo that was already preset right. and right. showed it as their actual tech. Right. So it right. looked like the tech was doing what it was supposed to do, but it was all fake. Mm. When Mosley says this to Holmes, like she immediately just kind of goes icy at that comment Mm. she firmly Mm. states that the tech will work and this is just to buy them Mm. some more time she's like there's no harm in selling a little bit of magic that hasn't happened yet Mm. so mostly fires back and he says that the tech looks like it's far from being operational And if that's the case Mm -hmm. then we are lying to our investors and that is fraud Mm. Holmes fires him on the spot And I think this guy's also a lawyer, if I know correctly. So he kind of knows ins and Mm. outs. He's like, dude, we can't be part of this. Like, this is fraud, straight up. Right, right. So she's like, if you're not on board, like, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now it's November 2007. Company culture at Theranos is quite oppressive, to put it lightly. Holmes was currently suing three former employees, claiming that they had stolen IP, and she even got the FBI involved somehow. She's Mm. reminding employees that if they speak to the wrong team, et cetera, that they could be sued. And she essentially Mm. issues a new security protocol every other week. So there's just like this collective sense of fear, like just don't speak to anyone. Just keep your head down and work in your own little corner. And Roy is looking at this and he's like, this is not what I signed on to. Like it's supposed to be an uplifting environment. We're supposed to be changing the world, you know? So Mm. he's determined Mm. to stop this culture of fear. So he goes over to Holmes' office to speak to her. As he approaches her office, he sees Holmes is already surrounded by a bunch of people, one of them being Edmund Koo, head of engineering. And it's Mm. obvious to Roy what's going on. Koo is being fired. Mm. So as Koo leaves the office, he tells Roy to leave before it gets too late. He's like, you're too smart to be here. Don't fall under her charm. Get out while you can. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Roy has nothing. He doesn't even know what to say. He's at a loss for words. And of course, he's just thinking a million things at that point. So now we jump to February 2010. We're looking at Chelsea Burkett. So Burkett is a longtime friend. I don't know if they talked about her in the documentary. Yeah. So Chelsea Burkett is a longtime friend of Elizabeth Holmes. And just six months ago, Holmes asked Burkett to come work for her. And it sounded like a dream job for Burkett. She would get to run clinical trials and the blood diagnostics. She would get to travel the world and maybe even change the world. But in that time that Burkett joined Theranos, the company culture grew toxic. And a lot of it had to do with Sonny Balani, a senior executive at Theranos. His leadership style was very harsh, even like dictator-like to an extent. And he also happened to be Holmes' boyfriend. Burkett was hearing whispers of government bribes, inflating of Theranos's numbers, and recklessly going after people in the public who were having health scares, and kind of being kind of nudging them to use Theranos's tech to guide their medical decisions. In all of this storm, Burkett is just like, "This is really irresponsible," because she mm-hmm. knows that their tech was far from ready to be upheld to the kind of healthcare decision making that. Holmes is pushing these like public you know just like regular people like you and me to use them by so that February morning it kind of gets to a tipping point for Burkett she knows she cannot continue to work for Theranos any longer but it's difficult Mm. because this is her friend this is like a really close longtime friend of hers who essentially gave her this job that a lot of people would Mm. kill for right Right, Uh, right so she's obviously feeling conflicted about it so she walks over to her, the CEO's office to tell her friend who got her this prestigious position only six months ago that she wants out. Yeah. Very daunting. When Burkett walks into Holmes' office, she notices these intense bags under Holmes' eyes. She doesn't look like she slept mm. in weeks. And the rumor is circling where that Holmes only sleeps two to three hours a day and survives on chocolate-covered coffee beans. Mm. Burkett knows she needs to be delicate about her reason for leaving. She can't be like... I think you guys are running like this very fraudulent company and I want out. I want any part of this because the tech industry is a small world. And even though Mm -hmm. Holmes is her good friend, she's not going to put it past her to like ruin her reputation. If she leaves on that note, right. 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 So she kind of tells her a white lie and says, you know, I'm just getting really frustrated. My boyfriend is in LA and I'm just tired of the long distance. I miss him. I, I just Mm. need to leave. And mm. Holmes is furious. She's like, I mm. gave you this incredible once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and now you're just throwing it away for some guy. Like, like this mm. is insane. Like, you're you're tired of a one-hour
0: flight? Like, come on, you know? Right. So, what is – is there any indication as to – but obviously they're friends, but, like, what does Holmes see in her as value? Like, in terms of – okay, because at this point, we recognize – it's clear that Holmes already is doing some shady practices and is not being transparent Mm -hmm. about things Mm -hmm. for her investors. Sure. So she's bringing in her friend. Maybe it's, she's still in this world of believing that things will catch up and things will be good. And I'm bringing a friend in because I want her to be ahead of the train. Once it takes off. Sure. That's awesome. I can like do that for her. Or is it a, like my friend has this really, like she can be super valuable to us and she could actually help us you know does it do they make it that clear
1: they don't but if going with her actions so far with um mm. Holmes' actions I think it was more of a thing like one obviously her friend is extremely like smart and talented I think she was at Stanford right. with her but two it's right. like a friend she's like I can trust her if I need her to look the other way maybe mm. she would be able to do that because I want I have to ask her twice type of thing like I think right. she's like right. falsely believing that maybe Burkett is in her corner more than right, she thinks right. she actually is i think she okay. feels like maybe burkett would blur that moral boundary for her time mm, here and then yeah. um yeah. but obviously burkett is not going to do that like she can smell this coming from a mile away that this is no good right so i think right. it's a little bit of that but anyways okay yeah so she's upset Holmes is super upset but burkett keeps it cool she insists that she misses him and something's got to give she appreciates the opportunity right. but it's time for her to move on But Holmes Mm. does not believe her at all. She's like, you don't Mm. even have the courage to tell me the truth. And she Mm. says, like, when you leave, don't talk to any of your direct reports on your way out. And that's just like, Mm. she just goes back to typing on her computer. It's like, you don't exist to me anymore. (laughs) So that's difficult. But Burkett had heard from others how Holmes can be nasty and can shut anyone out who doesn't agree with her. But Burkett personally had never experienced that from her longtime friend until today. She's relieved to be rid of this cloud of Theranos that's been hovering over her for far too long, but she's also worried about her friend. You know, Holmes seems more isolated and more diluted than ever. But then comes the Walgreens deal. So Walgreens reaches out to Theranos with a potential deal on the table. What they would do is they would have a pilot program of the Theranos device in the Walgreens pharmacy in maybe one area. And if it's a success, they would launch it nationwide. So this would be a seriously lucrative deal if all goes well. So Holmes is in the pitching room. She's with all the Walgreens executives. She starts out with a story, her usual. She talks about, imagine a little girl. She's feeling lethargic, not sure what's going on with her. She lives in a rural community and doesn't have immediate access to health care. But what she does mm. have access to is her local Walgreens. So she goes to the Walgreens. She, she uses the Theranos device. She does one Pinterest. She uses one pinprick of blood at the Theranos device, Mm -hmm. and it comes back that she has a vitamin B deficiency. Easily treated, Mm -hmm. easily cured. Now this little girl can go back to being a child again, playing in the fields, playing with her friends.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So that's what she starts out with. Very beautiful anecdote, beautiful vision. The room full Mm -hmm. of Walgreens executives seem to be charmed by her so far. So she continues. Mm -hmm. She's like, all Mm -hmm. right, so far, so good. As -hmm. she's about to go on, someone from the back asks a question. It's a man named Kevin Hunter. He's a clinical Mm. lab expert who is helping Walgreens vet this deal. So he's kind of acting Mm. like a consultant for them. He asks Holmes, you said you have a commercially ready lab. Is that right? Holmes Mm. responds confidently. Yes, that's right. State of the art. Hunter Mm. nods his head. That's cool. The thing is, when I was coming back from the bathroom, I didn't see anything that looked like a lab. So Holmes freezes for a second because the truth is their lab is nowhere near being commercially ready. But again, Mm. she smoothly responds with, well, of course you didn't see the lab, Kevin, because it's downstairs. Mm. I promise it's Mm. all typed up to be. Anyway, where were we? She goes back to the presentation. Mm. Hunter Mm. presses her again. Miss Holmes, I'd really like to see this lab. Is that possible? Mm. So Holmes just says quickly, yes, of course, if we have time. So Hunter's also Mm -hmm. quick to point out that time shouldn't be an issue because they're supposed to end early anyways and go to dinner. He suggests that they stop by the lab on the way out to dinner. But Holmes says, Oh, you know, the restaurant has a very strict reservation policy and they absolutely cannot be late. So,
0: I know. I was like, "That's the weakest <laughs> excuse I've ever heard." <laughs> I'm like, "Since when do people with money?" I know. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, well, since when is being late to a reservation that big of a deal? Like they probably uh, shut down the entire restaurant for this deal. Come yeah. on. Anyways, I was right. Like, and if I offended anyone who's has a significant amount of money and has problems with reservations, I am sorry. Oh my god. But I, in my head, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, there's no way. That's just yeah. That seems not believable (laughs) not
1: believable in the slightest but anyways yeah hunter finally gives in he's like okay well maybe we can set up another time to see the lab holmes goes Mm -hmm. back to the presentation and she's just like sure kevin let's get through the important stuff in the presentation and then we can see if we have time for fun tours (laughs) Mm. okay okay. jesus okay at this point holmes is in deep waters and is trying to hurry along her presentation so she doesn't have to answer any more of these prickly questions right holmes recently touted that the theranos device can run 192 different kinds of blood tests when in reality it can barely do half of that so Mm. a few weeks later kevin hunter is able to take a tour of theranos so he comes back just himself Mm. to vet this this company that is theranos before they make this deal with walgreens but he has a pretty Mm. odd experience so his mission is clear. Hmm. Hunter's mission is clear. He is there to vet the actual technology of Theranos. He doesn't want to hear more PowerPoint presentations. He wants to see all the mm-hmm. devices in action, doing exactly what Holmes right. says they can do, but he's right. not able to do that at all. Holmes huh. beats around the bush with him, doesn't allow him to tour the lab at all, or even see a demo of a live device in person. Oh. It gets worse. When Hunter goes to the bathroom, even when he tries to go to the bathroom, Sonny Balwani, mm. the Theranos executive, would follow Hunter almost as if to make sure he doesn't stray off to somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. Mm. So all of the above made Hunter very weary of Holmes and this too good to be true device. <laughs> I'm laughing right. because I wrote too good to be true as the number two G-U-D to <laughs> be true.
0: <laughs> too good to be true. <laughs> That's a license plate right there. Oh, what hundo.
1: <laughs> So Hunter knows he cannot whatever whatever is going on. He doesn't know what's going on, but he knows enough where he's like, Walgreens cannot do this deal. Absolutely not. Mm, mm. So Hunter goes back to Indiana where the Walgreens headquarters is, and he tells all of his concerns to the Walgreens executive, I think probably like the CEO or whatever, the district CEO. And he hears mm. Hunter out fully. But ultimately, mm-hmm. he tells Hunter, look, our hands are tied if we stop this deal now, then CVS could take over as a main chain pharmacy of the United States. Mm. This would be the deal that sets us apart. If Walgreens doesn't take this it deal, will. then CVS will. I'm like, bro. Uh,
0: no good. That's no good. I feel bad for Walgreens. <laughs> that's <laughs> I why. Feel I bad for them. I don't. Maybe I shouldn't, but like, I, I know. But I don't you like, get Walgreens. The, like, Sorry, like Walgreens. I'm like, it still went bad for them. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it you did. know, when I, when, when I, Okay. I don't know if Walgreens is going to come after me for this, mm. but like, I don't think of them as an option. Maybe that's because there's not yeah. too many Walgreens in San They're Diego. not. There Real is, talk. It's true. There's not. There's more CVS than anything. But part of me is like, yeah, that's an astute observation, Walgreens guy, because <laughs> CVS is really the they are main chain far you know um, pharmacy of yeah. the United States. It really is. And you know
1: what? Like, I totally empathize. It's like, of course, Kevin Hunter, he's a great guy. He's extremely smart expert in this field. So if he's saying like something's fishy, there probably is something fishy. But at the same time, he's like, we can't count our chickens before they hatch. Like, what if it turns out fine? And then we just like screwed ourselves out of this deal. Right. We can't take that risk, unfortunately. So that's kind of like
0: the mindset going in. And Hunter's like, oh, dude. No, that's the corporatism yep. mindset. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be fair. Like, I get it. Once you're at that high of a level, those are the decisions that you have to make. Totally. But like, man, the risk-to-reward ratio is so much. Like, I know so much risk. So um, much risk. But I mean, like, man, money. The prospects of having lots of money come in really does make you take that risk. Yeah. High. What is it? High reward. High, high risk, risk. High, high risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But. At the same time, like, again, in the, just trying to be fair, I don't know, is hindsight 2020, Mm. like, are we looking at it, this thinking, like, obviously, this deal is shit, like, I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, I think this, this Hunter guy, it was pretty black and white for him, because the Walgreens exec is about to, like, walk out the door, and then he grabs his arm, like, Hunter grabs his arm, and, like, Mm. he pleads with him, he's like, do not do this, this is really, really bad, I'm telling you, it's really, really bad, but it's to no avail. Yeah. If Walgreens goes through with this, it could cost lives.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, yeah, that's where I think it's interesting because in terms of just business savviness, I would never sign a deal where I haven't seen my product actually do anything or I haven't seen my products. Yeah. They haven't seen my product. Because that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm like a little bit confused at the desperation because I'm like, I get that you know, you're worried about losing out to a competing pharmacy. Mm. I get mm-hmm. that, but you are literally buying something without seeing it, which yeah. is like money spending one Oh one. Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> you're buying something from Craigslist. <laughs> go look at it first right. before you promise anything. That like, is right. come on. Like, but yeah, I don't know. That's like, crazy. That is literally, crazy to me.
1: I'll always think about this. This is like that one time I bought a phone charger on Amazon and uh-huh. I thought it said six feet, but when it came in the mail, it was six inches. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And I was like, I can't even plug this anywhere. Like i have to sit right six next inches? to the wall.
0: <laughs> that's, oh my God. Yeah, that's not going anywhere. <sighs> that's like, like one of those things where you, you, when you plug your phone in to this charger, it's just hanging on the cord. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, you, it's, it's just hanging hanging hanging. off the cord
1: and it's bending it and then it breaks the next day. <laughs>
0: So, yeah. moral of the Anyways. story, you got to
1: look at the yeah. product in person before you buy it. Yeah. So, Hunter, his cries for help falls on deaf ears. Nothing's mm. going to happen. But right. someone on the Theranos side is having the exact same feelings as Hunter. That person is Alan Beam, head of Theranos' lab. He is feeling uneasy at the Walgreens Theranos launch date. He knows better than mm. anyone that they aren't ready So he tells Holmes the hard truth that they need to postpone the launch. Holmes Mm. refuses. Mm. This is what she literally says. She's like, we got to fix the plane as we're landing it. And Beam just like shudders at that analogy. She's like, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. It's no good. Yeah. (laughs) So he. Right. And so Beam tries to reason with Holmes. He says, I don't think you understand. We must postpone the launch. We could endanger people's lives. Also, in the Mm -hmm. back of Beam's mind, if anything went wrong, for example, if a test result was inaccurate or any of the devices didn't work, it would be on him. Like, he could get sued. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't a risk he was willing to go down for. So that's his plead. So now we cut to a guy named Tim Schultz. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of getting to the end here. So Tim is a recent graduate of Stanford, and his first job out of Stanford is Theranos. Some -hmm. would say he got the job partly due to his grandfather, former Secretary Mm -hmm. of State. George Schultz, who was also a Theranos director. And I think heavy investor as well. Yeah. So Tim was in the cafeteria at Theranos getting lunch. The employees around him were chatting it up, enjoying the break, what have you. And then Holmes walks Mm -hmm. in. And then you can just feel the air kind of just like zip out of the room. Mm. She stands up on the podium, clearly like trying to announce something. And she announces that that a Theranos device has been officially placed in a Walgreens for public use. The whole... Mm cafe uproars and like cheering and they're super excited mm-hmm. Holmes is like you know we've literally did blood sweat and tears to make this happen everyone should be proud of themselves mm-hmm. and tim as like you know a young man in the workforce he sees this environment around him and he's like this is what this is what this is all about you know this is why i came to work for mm-hmm. theranos we're changing the world he's super excited mm-hmm. thing is though the longer that tim schultz works at theranos the more he hears incidences that sound like fraud He's concerned Mm. that these things are going on and he's of the mind like in a little background. And if you guys have watched the documentary, you probably already know this. But Holmes, like Elizabeth Holmes, almost becomes part of the family in the Schultz family. She is invited Mm. over for Christmas, Thanksgiving, like birthday parties. She's she's there. Yeah. George Schultz really takes a liking to her and he really believes in her and her vision. But I think also... You know respects her as a person so she becomes right. almost some sort of like a family member family figure in the household so Tim mm. really respects her and maybe even like looks up to her so when he starts hearing of rumors of fraud or these kind of like fraudulent activities happening at their nose, he's worried for her he's like oh my god like mm. I need to tell her she doesn't probably doesn't even know that mm-hmm. this is happening right under her nose so that's how he's approaching it so Tim sends an email raising his concerns to Holmes Normally, Holmes would ignore these kinds of emails, but Tim has a direct line to the board of investors, i.e. his grandfather, mm. so she brings him in mm-hmm. immediately. She essentially softly threatens him not to breathe a word of these concerns to anyone, especially his grandfather, but nevertheless, Tim discusses his concerns with Holmes. She mm. basically is like, you shouldn't worry about these concerns, and you especially shouldn't mm. say that to anybody. Like, let me deal with it, you know? And he's like, that's fine. Like, I wasn't going to say anything to anybody. I was just going to tell you. But there is something I do want to talk to you about that is concerning to me that you should know about. Mm. I'm worried because blood test results need to be accurate. They need to be consistently accurate. And right now we have more than 10% variance in the blood test results. And we claim Mm. on our website that we have less than 10% variance. And Holmes Mm. is just like, what? That's ridiculous. Like, we would never claim anything like that. Like, what are you talking about? Mm. And then Tim's Mm. like, no, no, like look at your website he literally shows her her Mm. own website scrolls to it and it says clear as day Mm. we offer a coefficient variance of less than 10 percent as always Holmes is back with a quick response and she's like oh Tim you're not reading the fine print like scroll down if you scroll down you'll see Mm. that the claims only for our vitamin d test it never claims to be for all the tests it's not a blanket promise Mm. Mm. and she's like kind of like run off now like go back to work. So right. she, Holmes ushers him out the door, but before he steps out, Tim tells Holmes this. He's like, "Liz, just to be clear, I'm concerned that our company is exaggerating the accuracy of our technology." And right. he leaves it at that. A few weeks later, Tim sits down with the head biomathematician, Daniel Young. Actually, it was at Elizabeth Holmes' suggestion. She was like, "If you're really concerned, mm. go talk to like our head biomathematician. He can explain all the numbers to you. Like no worries." So he's like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. He actually takes her up on this. So he meets with Daniel Young at Theranos to discuss his concerns. Tim mm-hmm. comes in with a full notebook of all of his equations because he works in the lab. So that's where his position is. So he's like, has all these equations written down and scribbles and things like that. He shows it to Daniel Young and he says that they ran lab samples that they knew ahead of time were 100% positive samples. Yet when they Mm. ran it through the Theranos device, it only had a 67% positive rate. That's Mm. pretty low, right? So Mm -hmm. Young looks over the math and he's like, oh yeah, this is because you're including the inconclusive tests. You need to throw those out. And then our rates are closer to 95%. And Tim is Mm. just dumbfounded. He's like, you're throwing out some of the test results? That's falsely Mm. elevating our data. Mm. Tim's like, I don't know what to make of that, but I'm going to continue onwards. So he continues. He's like, also, we're performing our tests not on Theranos technology. We're doing it on Siemens devices, okay. so we cannot right. purport that these results are actually coming from Theranos' tech. Young, mm. again, waves off this concerns and tells him not to bother himself with the big details and to just focus on his projects. He's like, don't worry, like... Mm what's most important is like eventually we will be running it on Theranos tech but we just need to first see if it even works he's like this is just part of standard Mm. practice is what he's trying to tell him Mm. and tim's kind of like i don't think so but you know what am i supposed to say like he's a new grad that this is his first job he's talking to like a director level guy right what is he going to say right so he's at a loss and he realizes at this point he has an obligation to do something one of the highest of people at theranos is overlooking obvious ethical concerns in the company Mm. and that's obvious to him as someone who's entry level so he's like come on guys Mm. like this something's not right here so he makes Mm. the difficult decision to start talking later Mm. that night he has barely slept he wakes up to an email alert it's from stephanie shulman she's a director at the Mm. new york state department of health She writes in her email that the practices that Tim describes in his email are considered unlawful and fraudulent. If Tim can Mm. just name the lab that he describes, then they can open an investigation or he can put in an anonymous complaint. Mm. That's where we'll leave off today. So Tim's thinking about Mm -hmm. this dilemma. He's like, do I name them? Like, what do I do? He knows for sure if he doesn't do something, then real lives could be at stake here. And that's not what he wants. He knows he has to do something. But the thing is, his grandfather is so heavily invested in this, it could really backfire on his grandfather, and he's worried about his grandfather's reputation. So he has to be a little more delicate about the whole thing in general. But anyways, I'll leave it off there, and we'll do part two next time. Awesome.
0: For part two, Mm. one thing that I feel is not like throughout a lot of media that has covered the story that I feel has... Really, not touched on the mainstream, like maybe in forums, this is talked about. Mm. But I'd like to know more about Elizabeth's parents, okay, their connections, mm. because I know her mom was a congressional staffer at some point, oh. and her father was vice president for Enron and, like, what? worked in a high position for the EPA oh, and worked in. Um, High directorial positions for multiple U.S. agencies. Mm. So Hmm. whenever I hear her story, I'm very interested in how she's portrayed. But part of me is like she... They do hint at this in the documentary. She does have these connections to big investors due to her Mm -hmm. parents and their former um, employment. And I also... As a request, I would like to talk a little bit about that in the upcoming sure. the second part, and also um, Tyler's grandfather's connections and how that mm. ties into the company as well. Because I feel like if anything, her parents are not talked about because they probably have good enough connections to where they were able to stay out of the media. Yeah, personally, I think I think I see where that you're at. That is my at. conspiracy theory? No, no, <laughs> that's totally. my like, You want to just shine the
1: light in a little broader lens. Yeah. 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 I
0: totally and I know I, I mentioned I mentioned him being vice president of Enron but the reality is that's that's the bare minimum that I know. Mm. I don't know if he was even vice president when Enron was starting to you know, right. become embroiled in its fraudulent practices. Right. who knows? But that's maybe something I, I can research for next time. Cause that, that'd be like, well, the, what is it? The apple doesn't fall from Right. <laughs> like tree. father, like daughter. So, right. But, but that's like a, that's an assumption. So, yeah. I have yeah, to yeah. do my research before I can make that claim. Sure. But, that's, anyways, I love this. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing this to the pod. Definitely a lot more details. Okay, good. That's what I was going to ask. Other like, areas. That, was yeah. it, I didn't want it to be like a
1: total recap of the document. I wanted it to be a little more richer in the detail.
0: Definitely richer. I think your timeline is a lot more intimate. Um, I didn't know about her friend being hired on. I didn't mm. know about the Mosley guy mm-hmm. as an investor who is like uh, essentially fired from the board. So those are all details that I'm like, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. know until today that Tyler was the first whistleblower Tim. Um, because Tim I feel Schultz. like that m- Tim. Sorry. sorry, yeah. Tim, I keep saying Tyler, Tim, <laughs> Tim was the first whistleblower because I don't think that was, I mean, I don't know. I can't make that claim. Norman. I don't know how they portrayed the timeline in the documentary. I just yeah. didn't realize he was the first one.
1: No, yeah. I don't feel like they really stick to a great timeline. The documentary is just like, they just throw facts in general. It's not really like, right chronologically placed so that's fair if you think that he may not have been but yeah I definitely will do the research as you suggested and we can start out with that because actually there are little hints of what you're saying about the government ties Mm. like I even said it earlier I didn't Mm. mention the second one and I'll talk about it tomorrow since we're going to be talking about this anyways Mm. part of the podcast talks about how when she's suing she tends Mm -hmm. to sue her former employees a lot like she was kind of known for that And even in one of the cases, she got the FBI involved. And they say in the the podcast, like she somehow even got the FBI involved. And in my mind, I was like, that was a thing that stood out to me. I was like, huh, like how does someone like her, who's probably like a 21 year old, get the FBI involved? And it could be because of her parents' connections or even George Schultz's Mm -hmm. connections, you know?
0: So that'd be interesting to look into further. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely yeah because that's one thing where when they tell the story of her they're always like in the beginning she's this silicon valley um protege not Mm. protege what Mm -hmm. is the word a savant in some ways or (laughs) whatever like to take this take this on Mm -hmm. but i'm like but her parents have she was born into connections like that is the truth of it that is so that's why i'm like i'm always confused I want to give people credit where credit's due, but I'm also just like, she could drop out of Stanford and find investors because there was a network already there for her in some yeah, ways. She had that safety net but, too. But yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah.
1: I agree. So, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll mm-hmm. do our homework and okay. we'll come back for next time.
0: Do you want to do antidotes? to do real quick okay yes real quick let's do it I will go first my anecdote (laughs) and antidote today (laughs) is that I've officially moved into my new apartment and I'm slowly making it my own home lovely and I just can't wait to host people once all my furniture (sighs) is (sighs) settled and established love it
1: antidote It's so funny. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like Megan and I kind of have been going through, like, at least in the last year or so, we've been going through, like, big life changes at the same Mm -hmm. time. Like, I kind of felt like we started new jobs around the same time and then we're both like trying to find a new place at the same time megan already did huge congrats to you getting your own place thank you a big freaking deal and i cannot wait to come over yeah Yeah. i was actually gonna say now i forgot but maybe we can do it for next time i was gonna say if we wanted to share any like new year's resolutions i don't like totally believe in resolutions but oh um, same yeah I think from, I'm not against them. I'm not against them, <laughs> but I'm just like, bro, you can promise yourself something at any time of the year. But anyways, yeah, that's true. Um, I was just going to say like, I guess like maybe I'll share what I'm hoping to call in for this year. Like as a theme overall, like what I would like to bring and embody. I think this year mm-hmm. I would like to really bring joy. Like I think joy is going to be mm-hmm. the theme of 2022 for me and just just do That's things great. that bring me joy, what brings other yeah. joy. And just like kinda of tap more into my my hobbies and maybe like concerts yeah. and travel and other things that I feel like I've put yeah. off for a long time.
0: Absolutely. That's a really good goal or something to put on yourself because yeah. it's like honestly it's I think I feel like it's low pressure like (laughs) i think you could definitely succeed at at that right but sometimes it is yeah sometimes you do have to put a little bit of work it's uh if you have hard days Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. how do you tell yourself like you know what let's find a way around this yeah what's something that can bring me joy right where i don't have to dwell on these small things that cause me you know small yeah (laughs) stressors in life anyway (laughs) i can't talk i "I need to turn my brain off now (laughs) i saw if we always record at night i know i know it's the only time that works for me oh it's i was gonna this word was inconveniences oh yeah i swear i have a broad uh vocabulary and all that i just it takes me a minute to like find those words and bring it to the it's
1: okay i cannot think (laughs) of anything right now but i was gonna say to round it out like another way of flip Mm. it if poison pals you want to do the same thing and you want to think about like what theme do i want to bring to like my my new year or embody whatever Mm. however you want to think about it i think also like thinking about joy a lot of it is just about like how do you choose yourself in that moment you know yeah yeah. um like i think a lot of us tend to like choose other things or people in the moment like i need to focus on work i'm choosing work over myself right Right. now in this moment or i'm choosing like to you know call this the insurance or whatever like things off our Mm, to-do list like how do we like pause and be like no no no, it's okay to choose myself for the next like 10 Mm -hmm. 30 minutes and then i can go and do whatever just a reset a reset yeah
0: i totally agree
1: yeah i like that okay
0: (laughs) okay all right
1: let's get on out of this episode i will hold off on doing
0: (laughs) i know let's get out let's go to sleep
1: (laughs) i'm like right next (laughs) to my bed so i'm Prime position. I'm just gonna jump one foot and tuck myself You're into just bed.
0: <laughs> gotta just do a nice 360. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna do a like, 360 like, into bed. Your microphone goes right on the table. Yeah, your ear. headphones go off and straightens his bed. Straight to the bed, exactly,
1: like a Wallace and Gromit uh, movie. But I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> um I'm gonna hold off on doing "Don't Risk It" until the end of the okay, okay. next episode, so we can round it out good. completely. So on that note, guys. Yeah, yeah. Subscribe, rate review, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Peace.